I want all of our fathers, if you're a father in this room, would you stand up? All dads stand up. Praise God. Thank you for all you do for your family. God bless you. How many of you have ever heard the term social media influencer? I know I had to Google some stuff to, to be able to even talk about social media influencers. But social media influencers have built a reputation for their knowledge and expertise on specific topics. They make regular posts about that topic on their preferred social media platform, whether it be YouTube, Twitter, bloggers, podcasters, whatever. They generate large followings of enthusiastic, engaged people who pay close attention to their views. Brands love social media influencers because they can create trends and encourage their followers to buy products they promote. Now there are mega influencers and to be a mega influencer, you've got to have a million or more followers on one platform. And then there are macro influencers and to be a macro influencer, you've got to have between 500,000 to a million uh, followers on one platform. Do you realize that with these mega influencers that have a million or more followers, they get paid, listen to this, maybe a million dollars for every post they make. Do you realize that for Gen Z, the, the teenage crowd of today, their number one preferred job is to be an influencer on social media. But let me tell you this, God is looking for some influencers, not on social media, but in a culture that is going the wrong way. Today's message is all about influence. It's the influence of a Christian family. Go ahead and take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And let's look at verses 13 through 16 today. And now these verses are a part of our Lord's Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher who ever lived, the Lord Jesus himself. And there's a truth I want to drop in your heart. Let me tell you, God is looking for influencers, Christian influencers, the same way that big corporations are looking for social media influencers. Now, why would God be looking for these kind of influencers, Christian influencers, Christian families who will make a difference in the culture? That's the very reason he's looking for them. Christian influencers change the culture. That's what I want you to remember today. I want you to take home with you. Christian influencers change the culture. Okay, with that being said, how do we become a Christian influencer? Well, there are three things that Jesus drops into the text today that provides a way for us to become Christian influencers in our families. Number one, number one, know who you are. Know who you are. 
As a believer, you've been saved by grace. As a believer, you're called to live under the lordship of Jesus Christ himself. As a believer, you are called to embrace kingdom values. Well, in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus reveals eight Beatitudes. And these Beatitudes are character um, issues that God expects out of every single believer. You can read about those Beatitudes in verses 3 through 12. Then you come to verses 13 to 16. Now, Peter put it like this. And when you talk about knowing who you are, Peter said this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lust, which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Now look at the words of Jesus in verse 13 of Matthew chapter 5. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Now with our faith under fire and the world in a free fall, it is an absolute imperative that we know who we are. It's imperative that a dad knows who he is. It's imperative that a mom knows who she is. It's imperative that a Christian child know who he or she is. And Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. He was literally saying, you alone are the salt of the earth. Do you know what that means? That means as Christians, we're the only one who can check the corruption that is taking place in the world around us. We're the only ones, not politicians. They can't do it. The only ones, according to Jesus, the son of the living God, the only ones who can check the corruption of a culture that is literally rottening before our very eyes are believers. Christian men, Christian dads, Christian moms, Christian children are the ones who can do this. And we're the only ones who can do this. Now, when you turn from your sin and place your faith in Jesus, he makes you salty. You're salty. 
He puts inside of you the ability to make a difference in the culture, to stay the corruption of the culture. It's who you are. And then Jesus said, you're not only the salt of the earth, but you are the light of the world. Once again, Jesus was emphatic here. Would you agree with me that our world is getting increasingly dark? I mean, it's getting dark. As Dr. Rogers used to say, it's getting gloriously dark. Because it it pretends that the coming of the Lord Jesus, which we sang about uh, during our worship time today, is drawing near. And what a day that's going to be when our Jesus we will see. So Jesus was emphatic here. The believer, the believing dad, the believing mom, the believing child is the only light that can push back the darkness of the world. That's what Jesus is saying here. Politicians can't do it. Athletes can't do it. Only believers can do this. Now, our Lord clearly emphasized that this is, this is who we are. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. It's not something that you might become. It's something that you already are in Christ if you're a believer. In Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 6, Paul wrote, Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them." For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. So as light, we push back the darkness. As salt, we check the corruption and decay of our world and our culture. And here's the truth. Now, listen to me very carefully. God is looking for Christian influencers because Christian influencers change the culture. So how do we become a Christian influencer? Well, number one, we've discovered you got to know who you are. You got to know who you are. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I am the salt of the earth. Say it right now. And also say this, I am the light of the world. Now, let me tell you, if you're a believer, that's who you are. Number two, number two, live for the Lord. Know who you are. Number two, live for the Lord. Here's the question. Every Christian dad, every Christian mom, every Christian child must grapple with. Is our family being influenced by the world or... Are we influencing the world by the way we live? That's a question you've got to ask yourself. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, 
Jesus said, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Now you got to understand in, in the ancient world, salt was a valuable commodity. Do you realize that the Romans even paid their soldiers with salt? That's how valuable it was. I mean, salt would flavor their, their food. Salt would preserve their meat. Salt could be used in wounds to, to cause the, the infection not to, to go on. Then when, when, a, when, a, when salt was exposed to the elements in the first century, it was contaminated. And there was nothing you could do with the salt that was contaminated except to throw it on the road and allow people to just walk on, on the salt and the dirt. Over and over, Jesus warned his disciples about the danger of being exposed to the bankrupt world system. Now, the emphasis here in verse 13 is not losing your salvation. That's not the emphasis. The emphasis when Jesus said, if you lose your saltiness, he's talking about not losing your salvation, but losing your influence. Do you realize that you can be a born-again believer and you can lose the influence that Jesus has placed inside you by the way you live? You can lose it by the way you live. You can lose your testimony. Let me give an illustration. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, Paul wrote these words. Make every effort to come to me soon. For Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. So the Bible says that Demas loved this present world. And I'm going to tell you, friend, when the world got into Demas, Demas lost his influence for Christ. He ceased to be a Christian influencer. What a haunting indictment this is. But wait a minute. That can happen to anybody in this room. That can happen to anybody watching live stream. You can lose your Christian influence. We must constantly be on guard against the the influence of secular ideologies, materialism, immorality, selfish pursuits, and anti-God, anti-Christian prejudice that is so prevalent in our world today. We are, let me make this very clear. We are not called to isolate ourselves from the world. That's not what Jesus is saying here. Friend, we cannot influence the world if we're not in the world. But we just got to make sure that the world is not in us. That's the only way we can ever have influence for Christ and for the kingdom of God in our culture. Now in Matthew 5, 14 and 15, Jesus said, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket 
but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let me ask you a question. When all is said and done, and you factor in the time element, and you realize that your life is like a vapor, it's here one moment, it's gone the next. Don't you think it would behoove all of us as Christians and Christian families to decide that we're going to influence people for Christ, that we're going to be Christian influencers? Listen, you must not camouflage your devotion to Christ. You must not do that. You say, but pastor, people will make fun of me. People ostracize me. Pastor, I might lose my job. And if you lived in other parts of the world, you might be able to say I might even lose my life. I want you to understand something. If we're going to influence the world, we're going to be Christian influencers. We've got to be willing to live for the Lord openly and publicly and radically. John MacArthur said this, I quote, the church will really change society for the better only when individual believers make their chief concern their own spiritual maturity, which means living in a way that honors God's commands and glorifies his name. Such a concern inherently includes a firm grasp on scripture and an understanding that its primary mandate to us is to know Christ and proclaim his gospel. A godly attitude coupled with godly living makes the saving message of the gospel credible to the unsaved. If we claim to be saved and still convey proud, unloving attitudes toward the lost, our preaching and teaching, no matter how doctrinally orthodox or politically savvy and persuasive, will be ignored and rejected. We're salt. We're light. We're supposed to be the influencers. We must not end up being the influenced. Daddy, mom, you got to set the pace. You got to live for the Lord even in the face of the world's relentless resistance to the Lord Jesus and his word. You got to set the examples for your kids. We must not lose our saltiness and we must not hide our light. The Lord Jesus expects you and your family to be Christian influencers because Christian influencers change the culture. So how do we maintain our influence when the world we live in is getting increasingly corrupt and dark? How do we do it? Well, number one, know who you are. Number two, live for the Lord. Number three, seek to glorify God. Now, this might be an appropriate time to ask every mom, every dad, every grandmother, every grandfather, every son, every daughter, a fundamental question. Are you saved? 
You see, you can't be a Christian influencer if you're not a Christian. Listen to these verses. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, with the help of these verses, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, we can understand how God saves. He saves us by his grace, by his unmerited favor. That amazing grace that we sang about earlier was demonstrated when God sent his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus, to this planet 2,000 years ago. And Jesus lived a perfect life. He never sinned, not even one time. And Jesus was crucified on the cross of Calvary. And God the Father took our sin and our guilt and placed it upon the broad shoulders of his son. And the Lord Jesus spilled his blood on the cross of Calvary to pay the penalty for our sins before a holy and righteous God. And three days after he died, he was raised from the dead as, a, as the one and only living Savior and Lord. Jesus had done everything necessary to save you. You can't do anything, underline the word anything, to save yourself. Religion won't cut it. Piling up good works won't cut it. Only Jesus can save you. That's how God saves. But, but who does God save? Well, he only saves those who are willing to turn from their sin and place their faith in the Lord Jesus as Savior and Lord. That, those are the people he saves. And why does God save? He saves us so that Jesus can produce vibrant spiritual life in us and so he can do awesome things through us for his eternal glory with that being said i must ask you are, are you saved are you a believer remember this you cannot be a christian influencer if you're not a christian are you saved are you a christian if not at the end of this service in just a few moments I'm going to invite you to place your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus ended this particular part of his Sermon on the Mount by saying this, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. As a Christian family... Jesus wants you to display your faith publicly so that people may see your good works that God has produced in you and through you. And the word good here in this verse pictures an attractiveness that causes people to want to come to Jesus. Can I ask you a question? 
Are you living in such a way? Are you allowing the Spirit of God to do some amazing things in you and through you so that people see the work of God in you and through you and they are drawn to the Lord Jesus because of how you live, because of what he's doing in you and through you? I hope and pray that you are. So why do we let our light shine? So that God will be glorified. The ultimate purpose for your life as a believer is not to feather your nest, not to create a, a retirement where you don't have to worry about anything. It's not that you drive the finest cars or have the biggest houses. Let me tell you, the ultimate purpose for your life as a believer is that you glorify God. You glorify God. Yes, we're living in a corrupt world, a decaying world, a rottening world. We're living in a dark world. But there's nowhere in the Bible, in the New Testament, where the Bible teaches that you as a born-again believer should throw up the, 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 the white flag of surrender and surrender to the culture. No, absolutely not. You are to be a Christian influencer. You're to make a difference for Christ. In Edward Gibbon's seven-volume work, The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, he tells about a, a little monk named Telemachus. Telemachus had no great ambitions in life. He didn't want to be famous. He just wanted to work his little garden and serve the Lord. But one day in the year 391 AD, he felt a sense of urgency to go to Rome. When he finally got to the city, it was in an uproar. The Roman army had won a, a, a great victory and there was great celebration in the streets of Rome and the people were there in throngs and throngs of people and they were following the army and they were praising the generals. And the army and the people weaved their way through the streets of Rome to the Colosseum. And Telemachus was caught up in the frenzy and he ended up in the Colosseum. And then he saw something that sickened his heart. He saw gladiators going in battle against each other and killing each other and wounding each other. And the blood was flowing and, and his heart was sickened. And the crowds were roaring at the sight of the blood and they were cheering on their favorite gladiators. Telemachus couldn't stand it. So little Telemachus weaved his way down to the wall and he cried out as loud as he could, in the name of Christ, forbear. Nobody heard him. So then he crawled up on top of the wall. And once again, he cried out, in the name of Christ, forbear. This time, the few heard him, only laughed at him. 
But Telemachus would not be undone. He jumped down from the wall into the, into the, the gladiator arena. And he began to make his way through the sand to the gladiators. And he cried out, in the name of Christ, forbear. The crowds laughed at the silly little man and threw stones at him. And then Telemachus did the unthinkable. He put himself between two gladiators with their swords, their knives. And he said to those two gladiators, in the name of Christ, forbear. Get caught up in the with the warrior mentality, they hacked little Telemachus to death. And the blood gushed out of his body as it lay on the sand. And the gladiators were stunned. And they stopped to watch him die. Then the crowds that had been in a frenzy were suddenly silent. And no one moved. Telemachus' final words rang in their ears. In the name of Christ, forbear. The historian Theodoret reports that never again was a gladiator contest held there. Never again. All because... of one Christian influencer who made a difference in the culture. Ladies and gentlemen, will you be that Telemachus? Will you make a difference? Will you get off the, out of the stands and get into the game? As a dad, a mom, a, a child, a, a grandchild, Will you make a difference? Will you be a Christian influencer? We've talked about how to do it today. Know who you are, live for the Lord, and seek to glorify God. It's not complicated, but it is costly. So I ask you a question Are you saved? Are you saved? Dad, are you saved? Mom, are you saved? Son, are you saved? Daughter, are you saved? I'm going to ask our staff and our worship team to come. And I'm going to invite you in just a moment to stand and we're going to worship the Lord. And I'm going to invite you, if you're not saved, I, I shared with you how to know you're saved. If you're not saved, you come to one of our staff members and just tell them, today I want to be saved and I want to know I'm saved. I don't want to roll the dice with my salvation. Here's another question. As a believer... Are you influencing the world for Christ? Are you? Are you making a difference for Christ? Or are you playing it safe?
Maybe it means you run for political office. See, I, I don't think we should surrender politics to unbelievers. I, I think godly, spirit-filled believers ought to run for office. Or maybe it means you go to a school board meeting when something is woke or totally out of line in the school and you speak up in a Christ-like, sensitive way, but you speak up. Or maybe it means you go on a mission trip like to Guatemala, like these 19 did from our church. I tell you, they made a difference. They were Christian influencers in Guatemala. You can make a difference. Listen, you are salt and you are light. You have the potential. You just got to use it for the glory of God. One final question. Are you in danger of losing your influence? Jesus said it's a real danger. You can lose your saltiness. You can take the light that Christ has created in you and hide it under a bushel basket. Sin is threatening your saltiness. Fear is intimidating you to the point that you're almost ready to put a basket over your light. Listen, you must determine that you will not allow yourself or your family to lose its saltiness or to hide its light no matter what price you might have to pay. I'm going to invite you today. If you want to be saved, come to a staff member. Maybe you, you, you say, Pastor, I, I, want to make a, I want to be a Christian influencer. Come to this altar, bow your knee to Jesus. Say, Jesus, how can you use me to be a Christian influencer? I'll do whatever you want me to do. Or maybe there's some sin in your life and your saltiness and your light is hanging by a thread. Maybe you need to come to this altar and bow the knee to Jesus and confess and get right with him so that you can be the Christian influencer that he's called you to be, that you could be a Telemachus. Let me pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, help us, please help us. Lord, I never thought I would see the world in such a shape as it's in today. The corruption and rottenness of our world is stinking to high heaven. The darkness is getting so thick you can almost cut it with a knife. But Lord, you've not called us to play it safe. You've called us to be Christian influencers, to get out of the stands, get down in the playing field and make a difference for Christ in our culture. Lord, help us, please help us. And Lord, I pray, oh God, that you would move with power in our hearts. And you would help us to do whatever the Spirit of God is telling us to do at this moment. In Jesus' name.